0: Hello and welcome to Chicklicks I'm Mackenzie Chapman, and I'm Bridget Hovell.
1: And in this episode of Chick Flicks, we're talking about the movies Friday the Thirteenth and The Final Girls.
0: But first, let's catch up. What are you into, Bridget? Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, well, we both saw Crawl on Friday. We were just talking about that. I mm-hmm. had this movie had been like hyped to me as like a really great creature feature, very simple mm-hmm. in its story. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say I enjoyed it, but my one mm-hmm. critique is that mm-hmm. there were too many alligators in the movie. I w- was prepared for some or one maybe like main alligator, the the mm-hmm. primary alligator, perhaps yeah, the, the focused villain, but there were just yeah. way too many alligators.
0: Yeah, I can definitely I, I like agree with that. I guess like it's because there was an alligator farm or something nearby, but
1: Yeah. I feel
0: like the the fact that there were so many alligators and they were all so bloodthirsty. Yes, they only if there eat was like, like one, twice a year. Yeah, if there was like one rogue, bloodthirsty alligator, I'd be like, okay, there's something wrong with this. Right? Like Jaws,
1: you know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like these alligators just were down to kill at every moment. Like they were so hungry. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) I enjoyed the movie. It was very stressful. Uh, Yeah. I will say, though, that I thought there was a bit of a weird father daughter relationship. I had seen someone, I can't remember who, tweet that the scene where she gives him mouth-to-mouth and then he spews water all over her was very, like, Freudian. And going in thinking that, the scene where they're talking about his marriage dissolving with her mother, and she's like, is it my fault? I was like, uh, this is weird. (laughs) Yeah,
0: I I guess well, I hadn't thought that. (laughs) (laughs) But now that you bring it up, I'm like, okay, I could see that. Because she was, he at one point She was like, you're spending all your time with me. Like, is that why? Yeah, Yeah, I don't know. It was also weird that,
1: like, so her primary, like, character thing is that she's a swimmer. And he, like, encouraged her to swim in a lot of really dangerous situations. He was just like, just swim. You're faster than them.
0: Yeah, I thought that was weird, too. (laughs) Like, there was no need for them to swim at a lot of points. And he was like, you could swim. Just just swim. You're so fast. And I'm like, she
1: can barely be another human. Like, we established that at the beginning of the film. She's not that fast. Uh, But I liked it. I enjoyed it. I liked the performances. Um, I've also been watching Los Espookies.
0: I don't know if you've Mm -hmm. gotten an opportunity to watch... I watched, like, the first five minutes um, Mm. when I had, like... Because I wanted to to see what it was about, and I want to watch more. So it, like, definitely grabbed me in that first five minutes. It's really
1: good. It's a new show on HBO um, with Julio Torres, uh, who's really, really funny. And it's just about, like, this weird misfit gang of um, young people who, like, make spooky situations for hire. Like, Mm. they... Like create an exorcism, and they the most recent episode I watched was um, this wealthy like millionaire has died, and there's a competition to see who will inherit his fortune, but they have to spend a night in a haunted his haunted mansion. But like they're the ones making all the the haunted yeah um, <laughs> phenomena. Uh, so it's really funny and like weird and quirky. I really mm-hmm. enjoyed it, um, and look forward to watching more. And I've also been watching the British television show Peep Show. Getting uh-huh. more into it. I've always kind of watched it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's actually Astrid's favorite TV show. Which oh, cracks really? me up whenever I watch it because it's so weird. It's just about these uh-huh. two, like, really weird grown men who live with each other. They're friends from university. Um, they compliment each other in, like, this really weird way because one of them is super neurotic, like, into history, like, anal retentive. And then his roommate, Jez, is, like, kind of this Lothario druggie who... They, and they just have, like, this weird symbiotic relationship where they can't leave each other. But it's really, really, really funny. Uh, and I'm loving it. What are What are you into this week, Mahesi?
0: Um, I read a graphic novel called On a Sunbeam by Tilly Walden. And it was so sweet and cute. It's like a sci-fi um, thing that takes place in space about yeah. a group of... There are no men in the book at all. They're yeah. about a group of women that... Are um, on a spaceship that goes around restoring old buildings um, as part of their that's their job and parallel to that runs a like flashback story mm. of one of the girls who is like falling in love in middle school so like her past is like running parallel to the story of them like I want to read it, it sounds so good It's so cute and good, I loved it so much And like, it's a graphic novel so you can read it in one day Even though it's 600 pages or whatever Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, But, and it's so beautiful And um, love the illustration And highly recommend Sounds awesome Um, And then I also watched Burning A a Korean movie um, That is kind of has similar themes to stuff that we talk about it's about Mm. i don't know how to talk about it without like like spoiling it but it's about um a it's about three people two men and one woman and one of the men is like childhood friends with the woman and they're like sort of caught up after a long time and started dating a little bit and then she goes away and comes back with this like rich third character who's like this rich man who... he has a
1: mysterious background
0: kind of yeah right? yeah. yeah um yeah. i want to talk more about it but i can't without splitting it i maybe know off mic we'll talk about I've, it i've read the short story it was based on
1: but i haven't seen the movie oh. and i really really want to
0: okay so then i mean i won't talk yeah maybe off mic we'll talk maybe about
1: we'll it talk about maybe we'll see it um cool that sounds awesome. I really want to read uh, on a sunbeam. Dang,
0: yeah. I, well, I should read the short story that burning is based off of. Um, and then the third thing I'm into is uh, Hatchling podcast, which is a podcast by my friend Brian. And I just caught up with it this week, and so I feel like I can talk about it. But what's it about? Um, it's she's an artist, and it's just about like being an artist as your job. And she. Um, takes questions from people and talks about them and recently she started doing interviews with other artists um and it's just uh kind of inspiring to hear someone like be be an artist as a career and just mm-hmm. about their life and stuff yeah um, it's important so. for people
1: to be like really honest about that kind of thing too you know? yeah yeah
0: and she she's important. really good at that um but it's called hatchling you could find it on any of your um wherever you get your
1: podcasts (laughs) (laughs) the same place you listen to this one um yeah (laughs) so our two movies that we're talking about this week um the final girls which was made in 2015 is very obviously knowingly using this concept and friday the 13th was one of the films that kind of exemplified this trope which is the final girl um so i wanted to talk about that a bit before we jump into both of these movies um, it's a term that was coined by film professor Carol J. Clover in her book, Men, Women, and Chainsaws, which is really amazing. And if you're into horror, like a really cool read about gender in horror movies, she does a chapter on rape movie, rape revenge movies, which we've talked about on the podcast before. She does a, ta- a chapter on like the monstrous feminine and um, like host mothers in horror movies. But she's primarily known for coming up with this theory about slasher films and the final girl. And it's kind of a loose definition that a lot of movies can fall into. But the primary features of it is that it's a, a movie where there's a large cast of young people. And the sole survivor of the group is um, a young woman who's chased by the villain. And she gets like a final confrontation with the villain or monster. And um, she is either rescued at the last minute by someone else or is able to destroy the uh, Her attacker, and she typically has characteristics like if all of her friends are having sex or doing drugs, she's the one who's abstaining from that. Um, She's like a little masculine in some ways, either in her name or just like some of her characteristics or how she dresses. And Clover also argues that she becomes masculinized through phallic appropriation by taking up a weapon, um, such as a knife or a chainsaw. Uh so when I remember I remember like reading about this for the first time in the book and being like wow oh my gosh you know like mm-hmm. uh galaxy brain
0: so many mm-hmm.
1: movies fall into this uh <laughs> map
0: kind of It's funny that the one movie that we're talking about The Final Girls the same year another movie <laughs> came out called The Final Girl mm-hmm. with Abigail Breslin and it actually has the same actor from The Final Girls a blonde the blonde Alexander guy. Ludovic or something yeah yeah he's from it,
1: game of thrones not game of thrones hunger games
0: <laughs> yes yeah who i don't remember him at all from the hunger games but um <laughs> he pl- in this movie he plays like us in the final girls he plays like a sweet boyfriend and he's like a good guy generally i think y- you could say mm-hmm. um and then in the final girl or just Final Girl movie with Abigail Breslin, he's, like, a psychopath who, like, hunts women. Do you think he was, like,
1: why, to his agent, like, why am I in both of these movies? I, yeah, <laughs> I,
0: I, I think it's so funny. I wonder if, like, he was in Final Girl and then was like, oh, I have to redeem myself, and then was like, I'll be in the Final Girls. Or if the people for for the Final Girls were like, oh, this guy's in this movie Final Girl, he would be perfect in our the Final Girls as, like, a meta... i don't know (laughs) and not
1: to get even more confusing but there's another movie coming out based on a book by riley sager which i haven't read but i see everywhere called final girls about a girl who survives a massacre and becomes part of uh this like sorority of women who survive massacres so it's definitely having a moment in pop yeah there's a
0: podcast called it yeah like people are very aware of this
1: (laughs) as a trope um It's funny, though, because I think in a lot of horror, we're moving away from The Final Girl. Uh, Mm -hmm. Like, I think most prestigious, prestigious horror movies now are kind of more so about, like, mothers, um, you know, or, uh, you know, like, The Babadook and Mother Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, like, I just don't see, we're not really, like, in slasher movies are not big, you know? Right. Right now.
0: Unless they're, like, something that's... Mm-hmm. like uh, like a take on yeah the like, like this like, like, like the final girls. yeah
1: yeah and it, it made me think like when we were trying to come up with a list of like our favorite final girls i was like oh maybe jay from it follows but she's not really a final girl you know
0: mm-hmm. uh
1: that there's a lot of movies that are inspired by or influenced by this idea of a uh, soul survivor but mm-hmm. they're not the same thing by any means. right yeah,
0: yeah. or like even i was thinking like uh Thomason from The Witch but she doesn't really fall into that either because she there's no like I, I feel like she like joins forces with the evil yeah. she doesn't like vanquish it yeah you know. it's not
1: just being the last person in the movie Um yeah.
0: but I put down
1: for some final girls that I love in movies Jess Bradford and Black Christmas is kind of like one of the first examples Uh mm-hmm. she makes it to the end and then it's unclear whether she survives Billy is Billy the name of that Guy, yeah black christmas oh black christmas yeah. is so good and then yeah. ripley was also cited by carol j clover um which is surprising to me because it's like a sci-fi movie but it's really horror and has that those elements as well yeah yeah
0: um and then i think do you think Susie banion yeah from for Susie sure accounts okay. yeah
1: Susie is definitely like, a, i'll throw that in there definitely in that uh that group yeah so it's a really interesting idea and it's fun to think about in these movies and uh definitely influences both of them the year is 1980. Oh, shit. This is for uh, Friday the 13th, which was filmed in 1980. Okay. <laughs> the year is 1980, and Camp Crystal Lake is open again for business after it was closed because of a slew of grisly murders on its campgrounds. Kooky townspeople and cops alike warn the new crop of teen counselors about the camp's dark backstory. In 1957, a young camper named Jason drowned while his counselors were busy having sex. A year later, two counselors snuck away to fornicate, only to be brutally stabbed. Plenty of warnings do not deter Camp Crystal Lake's new counselors from playing, flirting, and coupling up, but the date is Friday the 13th, and a dark vengeance has come to Camp Crystal Lake. Um, So Friday the 13th was filmed in several towns in New Jersey, uh, Hope Township, Blairstown, and Hardwick Township, and I have lived in two out of three of those places. Uh, So (laughs) this was like a big deal in um, my town growing up. There's uh, viewings of the movie on Friday the 13th, my friend Linnea lives directly across from the camp where it was filmed, which is still a camp called Camp Nobi Bosco. Um, and so people get really into it. There's always a guy who dresses up like Jason. It's <laughs> funny because, like, the mythology of the franchise is, like, kind of weak, you know? Yeah. Uh, like, I don't even think in this movie, do they mention the date or the title, like, Friday the 13th, like, once, maybe? <laughs> Like, I don't know. I actually. can't think of it at all. And I know that they just kind of, they had a different, they were originally going to call it like, like something like Camp Bloodbath, which isn't the final girls. And they yeah. changed it at the last minute to Friday the 13th. Uh, and so they're never like, oh, it's Friday the 13th. Like that's the day that Jason comes and kills people, you know, yeah. or like that Or maybe that's his die. birthday
0: or something. Because at the end she's like, it's his birthday today or whatever. Oh, yeah. But know.
1: it's just not like, it's just not cooked into the story enough, kind of. I don't don't remember
0: it saying that really at all. I I wish there was, like, a Friday the 13th franchise that, like, leaned into, like, actually Friday the 13th more. Like, spooky black cats and stuff like that. Superstition. Yeah, for
1: sure. Because this is just kind of used... Uh, And I read this book called shock value, which I didn't love, but it was uh, like a a history of horror movies. Mm -hmm. And they were talking about how Halloween had come out two years before. Mm -hmm. And Halloween is like a great movie by John Mm -hmm. Carpenter. And Mm -hmm. this movie was kind of um, a very blatant attempt to just capitalize on Halloween's success Mm -hmm. where they were like, how can we do Halloween, but a little different, like, okay, we'll Mm -hmm. put them all at camp, you know? (laughs) So it's not as inspired uh, by anything. Um, Mm you know, in particular.
0: It does do, like, I don't know if you, like, went to camp when you were younger, but I would go to sleepaway camp, like, every year, wow. every summer, and it does really <laughs> a good job at, like, capturing how, like, we're like, horny and weird teenagers and are, the camp and aesthetic. just especially at camp, it's, like, you're just, like, there are no adults, you just, like, want, to like do bad things the entire time yeah it's like hot
1: and dirty you're like in the (laughs) woods um (laughs) that reminds me a lot of like wet hot american summer uh Mm. i would love to see uh i guess this is like the final girls is kind of like an attempt to marry like the humor of like wet hot american summer with yeah slasher movies um but the this is the first installment in what would become a huge long franchise i Mm -hmm. think the most recent Reboot of it was like in two thousand nine or something. Oh, really? I haven't seen like any of the new ones. I haven't
0: seen. This is the only one I've seen, and I've only seen it twice. And the first time was on my birthday, Friday the thirteenth.
1: Yeah, I remember. I was. That was your guess. Yeah. (laughs) Um. So, I love the opening scene of Friday the thirteenth. Um. With the camp counselors who are killed by like trying to have sex and Mm -hmm. there's this great like slow-mo shot of the girl getting stabbed and then the logo like flies on screen Mm -hmm. it's a really fun movie to watch in a group because Mm -hmm. it's not very good yeah (laughs) it's like almost knowingly bad The acting is really bad. The script Mm -hmm. is terrible. Like, Mm -hmm. the script is truly bad. Like, the first few scenes where that um, the young camp counselor is hitchhiking on the way to camp, and Mm -hmm. she's in the car with that, like, weird man who picked her up, Mm -hmm. and she's like, you're an American original. And she's, like, sarcastic to him, but sweet at the same time. It's just so... It's...
0: That whole interaction was definitely weird. Like, she... That's one of the things that like is so poor like poorly aged all the hitchhiking is like oh, no one does that anymore but also like she T- takes a ride from this old man and as soon as they're like alone together, he hits on her and is like, Oh, you're are all the counselors so beautiful or good looking at this uh. camp or whatever and she still gets into the truck with him and as she gets in the truck, he's like pushing her butt into the truck. Yeah. And I'm like,
1: what's... Girl, this is a red flag And it puts <laughs> you on it puts you like on like you're you're looking for him to be like the killer or anything, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she yeah. she makes it away from that creepy old guy yeah yeah their whole interaction just is like so bizarrely written uh but it sets the tone for the rest of the movie where everyone speaks in these like weird one-offs you know yeah yeah no real characters are established other than like the horny couple
0: and the guy who won't stop making jokes not even like even that i was like who are these like i couldn't tell them apart
1: and it's weird alice who's like the final girl in this movie i'm like she's supposed to be older than the other counselors
0: I don't know. I, I, it's weird because they like hint at like some sort of romantic relationship between her and the owner of the camp, yeah. but she's from California, but she's like an artist. I don't know yeah. how all these why pieces fit to, together. Yeah, four. why is she in New Jersey? Right. <laughs> summer camp. <laughs> uh,
1: it's funny too, like being familiar with the area to see in the first sequence when she's hitchhiking the original uh, counselor, how mm-hmm. they'll cut from. Like a street in Blairstown to like a road in Hope. Really? Yeah. And you're like, if Even you don't I know. I noticed that. Yeah. You're like. Uh, from
0: like driving around and being friends with you. I was yeah. like, what's going on? So is. Also, that, like, is that close. cemetery, the Hope? Yes. That the that's, the hope- that's the cemetery a- in front
1: of my parents' house. Isn't that crazy? Oh my God. That's crazy. Um, yeah. So lots of history there. And the theater, <laughs> you can watch it out, is also in the movie, appears in the background of one of the scenes. Um, but I think the, the best part of this movie. And the only really inspired part of it is the villain.
0: Yeah, I agree for sure because it's definitely a twist that you don't see coming, right? I mean, I guess you don't really know at all. Like, I guess look, maybe it wouldn't be as shocking seeing it for the first time, like as a like Audience in the in nineteen eighty yeah. or whatever. But for me, like seeing it for the first time after knowing like oh freddy versus jason jason, yeah, jason, yeah. jason 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 i'm like okay jason is this man that is killing everyone but then i go back and i watch this for the first time i'm like oh it's not jason what the hell yeah so, it's crazy no shocking to me and jason pops
1: up in the sequel as the right. killer so it's like yeah Jason, I guess, is reanimated. He's kind of like an angry, vengeful zombie who mm-hmm. did successfully go through puberty because he's a grown man in subsequent <laughs> films. The second movie actually has kind of a wild <laughs> plot where the camp is reopened and Jason's like killing the counselors again, or mm-hmm. for the first time, it's him. And the final girl is she's established to be a psychology major so at the climax of the movie she uses psychology on jason she <sighs> jason has made a shrine to his mom it's like her body and, oh my God. and her decapitated body when she has that great like white chunky sweater
0: yeah um
1: so the final girl in the second movie puts on the sweater and pretends to be his mom she's like talks to him in like a motherly tone and it confuses him <laughs> Oh it. She's my like, God. she's a psych major. Uh, so, it's, <laughs> it's so it's funny. I, a lot of people like the sequel better. Um, oh, okay. Maybe I'll watch it. Yeah, but I think Mrs. Voorhees is like serving it in this movie. She, yeah. the actress is like, she was apparently the most famous person in the movie um, mm-hmm. at the time. Uh, mm-hmm. But she's just like there to be as theatrical as possible. Yeah. There's so much weird, unintentional comedy from her performance. I, I always, love all
0: the close-ups of her mouth, too. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and she, so she kind of like you can see it as, like, she is almost, like, possessed by Jason or mm-hmm. just, like, on a quest to avenge him. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, she has so many great weird line readings, like, that when she comes to the camp and Alice is freaking out and, like, crying to her, she's, like, uh, like, don't go in there or something. And this is where he's, like, I'm not afraid. And then, like, her smile drops, like, super quickly. And it's just, yeah. like, it's supposed to be, like, scary, but it's just funny. Yeah. Um, yeah. She looks a lot like my paternal grandmother r.i.p. i (laughs) I have i have noted that before with like my cousins and stuff while watching the movie (laughs)
0: that's that's kind of that's kind of cute yeah you have so many connections yeah right (laughs) family affair
1: um so the actress who played mrs Voorhees is betsy palmer and she came up with an entire backstory for her character did you read that
0: yeah that was so cool and i think it's like All
1: actors should do that, I feel like. Especially if they're working with such bare bones as this movie. And her her backstory is basically that she calls her Pamela Voorhees. Um, (laughs) She says, you know, she probably was in high school in the 1940s, which is a conservative time. She has sex with her boyfriend and she gets pregnant with Jason. The father takes off. And so she basically has this negative association with sex. And then Jason dies because the counselors were having sex, which is very funny. She's like... In the movie she's like, They were making love. Yeah. Um <laughs> Um and so from that point on she's just got like a real uh hard uh what's it not hard up? What is the phrase I'm looking for? She's got a real She's Vendetta? real hang up. Hang up. Hard hang up. up is not a word. <laughs> she got real hang up about sex. Uh <laughs> so she has to kill the immoral camp counselors.
0: I think it's also funny because it's like the horror of having to talk to a parent about sex. <laughs> right? And just the thought also that
1: I don't know, real teenagers are so unsexy too. Yeah. You know, uh, <laughs> like it's funny in the first scene because they have like these terrible socks, you know, and yeah, they're so young looking.
0: Um, yeah, yeah. It's funny. I was thinking like if they just change their hairstyle, they it could be, um, it, they could the eighties, yeah, it, or like now, like yeah
1: yeah it's it's true it's it's it is they don't do enough really for the scene in the 1950s to make you think that it's in the 1950s i don't know
0: wait this was supposed to be in the 1950s no no the first scene
1: the first scene is in the 50s oh
0: okay sorry i That's was okay. like what uh no i meant like if they change their hairstyles it could be set now oh yeah like, like the,
1: the current the main yeah, cast yeah for because sure. we all
0: just dress like that
1: yeah it's true tim said the one guy looks like young ted cruz the guy who gets pinned with the archery bow. Oh my god! I see it. A little, a little but he's kind of handsome too, so it's confusing. I, um, yeah, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kevin Bacon is in this movie. <laughs> Kevin Bacon gets a pretty awesome on-screen death.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the best one, probably.
1: Yeah, that the screenwriter Vic. Uh, Victor uh, Vic Miller said that that was one of his like biggest fears as a kid that he would be screwed from underneath a bed like that
0: <laughs> yeah that's crazy So the death is um like he's laying in be- a bunk bed after having sex and the- a hand shoots out from under their bed and grabs his forehead and then a like what is it like an air what is that like it's an like arrow? a drill
1: I guess or something kind of, yeah it like,
0: comes up through his neck and you just see it come up and she's like twisting it.
1: It's very scary. It's pretty, it's, yeah, it's pretty, she's pretty very scary. powerful. She's a very strong older woman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she like hoists someone up onto a door and stabs him with arrows. Yeah. Uh, she axes uh, one of the girls in the face. That's a pretty uh, funny death scene. They're all mm-hmm. like funny. Uh, yeah. And silly.
0: Because it's probably because like the performances are so bad. Like when she, the girl who gets axed in the face, like when she like turns around and sees the woman, She screams, but also closes her eyes, like, immediately, and just the way she does it is just so funny, because I was like, who does, who would close their eyes as soon as seeing someone, like, I know, know. and then
1: it's quickly cut, and it's just an axe in her face, you know, and she falls over. Yeah, like, the Um,
0: editing's also weird.
1: The editing is very weird. Um, It's funny, like, the whole purity thing surrounding the final girl, where she's, like, the one girl who doesn't have sex or doesn't flirt, um... It is kind of, like, egalitarian because the guys are also dying. It's not just the girl counselors who are being killed. Mm-hmm. So Mrs. Voorhees' rage is kind of equally attributed to all of them.
0: Yeah, and I think that's probably because she's a woman. That's true.
1: That's a very good I, point. If,
0: if a man had this, like, he, who knows? He might have just killed the ladies. Mm-hmm. And that's another
1: feature of a slasher <laughs> movie is that you see a lot of the deaths from the perspective of the killer. Mm-hmm. And then... As the film progresses, you switch to the final girl's perspective, kind of mm-hmm. hoping that you're going to be more sympathetic with her and not the murderous.
0: And I think that's a, one of the reasons why slasher movies are so scary is because you are seeing it from the perspective of the killer the whole mm-hmm. time. I feel like that's a big factor.
1: Hey, in Crawl, you sometimes are seeing from the perspective of the alligators. You're right. <laughs> like a lot <laughs> in that movie, actually. Good tie-in. Yeah. <laughs> they like, you're like, oh, there's a foot. I'm swimming behind a foot. <laughs> I'm gonna bite it. Um, I was really impressed by this one uh, essay we read by Nick White, which was a queer reading on the film, um, a perspective I hadn't considered. But he makes like a really compelling case that uh, there's like lots of campy aspects to this movie, and that um, Mrs. Voorhees is kind of like a reverse Norman Bates. Um, mm-hmm. which I thought was really interesting. And he writes that the effect of her being the killer is queerly destabilizing for one. We cannot underestimate the import of having a woman be the architect and cause of such gruesomely creative murders. It's a radical departure from other slasher flicks like Halloween, uh, where the killer is always male and perversely hellbent on punishing sexually active teenagers. Um, He says that in Friday the 13th, sex in particular, heteronormative sex, is the explicit motive for why these horny counselors have to die. The movie signals this in its opening scenes before the credits roll. Though the movie doesn't elaborate on what Mrs. Voorhees means when she refers to her son as special. Because she does call Jason a special boy at one point. Uh, Nick White reads that as a moment in queer. That moment is queer as he existed outside the parameters of straight culture. I thought that was really interesting. Yeah. I love that read. And he also writes that like the final showdown is between two women, you know, and it's yeah. like silly, you know, like they're yeah. like slapping each other, grabbing mm-hmm. each other, uh, yeah. just like wrestling it out. It's mm-hmm. it's very very silly and very very campy, haha, campy. Yeah.
0: I know. I, when you <laughs> said that the first time, I was like, ooh, <laughs> in more than one way.
1: Yeah, it's a fun movie. You know, it's it's not a uh a, a, a beautifully done film but it's really fun to watch and it holds yeah. up i think in that way that it will. yeah it's
0: such a good summer movie that's true too. it's, it's bad really the best
1: friday the 13th time to fall on is like july and then the second best is or October. november or, no- or november for mackenzie's birthday <laughs>
0: <laughs> how many times can i bring this up it, this... we
1: have many c- cross connections for this movie. <laughs> uh so we have a few one star <laughs> reviews this one is from Common Sense Media, and it made me laugh. It says, um, it's describing the killings, which are usually slash throats and impalings with the victims hung on hooks. When young camp counselors aren't busy being killed, they're either trying to get stoned or have sex, which is accurate. Yeah. <laughs> but it's a funny reason to pan the movie. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, because that's just literally, like, what camp is like. Yep. As, a, as a camp goer, <laughs> it's just that's deep, te- whatever okay so the next uh, one star review is the good part is that for a horror film it does manage to build up a good amount of tension and you are struggling to think who the killer could be the way the murder scenes get more and more graphic also impressed me now then the killer is revealed as an old woman just how scary is that not very, is the answer, and when she makes those stupid voices, it just got ridiculous. Even worse was the way that this old woman kept getting smacked on the head with blows, which would knock a full-grown man out, never mind an elderly woman, and just keeps getting straight back up and continues to automatically find the girl. And why couldn't a young lady overpower an old woman? Terrible, terrible film.
1: That's what this person found wrong with the movie. And I will say, <laughs> Mrs. Voorhees is not, like, elderly. She's just older. No. Yeah, she's definitely not, like uh, like, she's... She's powered by rage, too. She's, like, in her 60s, maybe. Yeah,
0: like, early 60s, I would say.
1: Early 60s, she's got the power of rage on her side. It's implied that she's kind of possessed by her dead son, you know? Yeah,
0: and, you know, like we learned in the movie Split, when you have split personalities, you can uh, become stronger or weaker. That's just (laughs) real psychology
1: that any professor of psychology would back us up on. (laughs)
0: Oh, uh, we
1: should talk about the end of the movie, which has one of the great jump scares of all time.
0: Which, sorry, which, oh,
1: yes. <laughs> when she's in the was, boat, when she's yeah. on Camp okay. Crystal <laughs> Lake, or she's on the Crystal Lake, and she's just like, whoo, I'm going to take a long nap, because I yeah. deserve it, yeah. out on the lake. And yeah. then the cops arrive, it's morning, you think she's going to be safe, and then Jason's mutilated, drowned body jumps up and grabs her.
0: Yeah. It's so scary. It's very scary. It got me. Like, you think, like, going out into the middle of the lake is honestly one of the safer places to be? Not if the a killer is an aquatic young man. Yeah, but not that. You're right. <laughs> and she's, like, they show her. It's, like, a five-minute thing of her just oh being my god, I mean, like, ah! on the boat. Like, it's... And then so you're like okay the movie's over she's just like chilling in this boat for the next like five minutes and then
1: we deserve this yeah no nope. it's really good it got me yesterday because i kind of wasn't paying attention and then mm-hmm. he like leaps up yeah oh, baby jason
0: yeah and then there's another one of those like slow-mo like freeze frame shots that are so cheesy mm-hmm and then she wakes up in
1: the hospital, which is a similar ending to our next film. But first, Mackenzie, what are your final thoughts and
0: rating on Friday the 13th? Uh, I'm going to give it a five because it is like a classic and it's super fun to watch. And um, I feel like it's in town. Yeah. Which I, it's nice to like, it, even me who didn't grow up there, I'm like, oh, Bridget did though. So it makes me happy. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, it's hard to
1: divorce this movie from nostalgia. This was mm-hmm. my first time watching it, not in New Jersey too. So it was like lots of pangs Aww. of homesickness uh, <laughs> watching the movie about camp counselors being killed. <laughs> it's tough because it's like it's always and I think it's something we come across a lot like you have to kind of like judge a film by its own merits and for like a goofy horror movie Mm -hmm. about sexy teens Mm -hmm. it's like a 10 out of 10 (laughs) but (laughs) uh, for any other sort sort of movie you know if you're judging it by those standards it's yeah it's like a 5 or a 4 so Mm -hmm. that's what I'll give it but I have a lot of love for this movie and um, I will always be down to watch Friday the 13th Aww (laughs)
0: Um, our next movie is the final girls uh made in 2015 max cartwright's mom is nancy cartwright an actress most famous for her role in a cult classic 80s slasher movie camp bloodbath when nancy dies in a car accident max is left to remember her mother through her on-screen role as a doomed camp counselor but during an anniversary viewing of camp bloodbath a freak fire transports max and her friends into the film where they must survive attacks by the machete wielding killer billy murphy alongside the original cast max must protect her friends while also defying the final girl trope which dictates that only a certain type of female character will prevail in the face of evil uh so you had seen this movie before right yeah i watched it just a few months ago with a friend with brian actually oh very cool tie in (laughs) yeah, I
1: think I had heard of it. I, I don't think it was marketed that extensively, and it went just direct to video um when it came out, uh, which makes sense. <laughs> for- I hadn't
0: heard of uh, I was just like looking for a movie that was like kind of easier to watch and that got like sort of good reviews. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was like sort of fun. and this came up. so we decided to watch it. But I hadn't heard movies? of it yeah. at all. Like before, I like went really? looking for a movie like this. Yeah,
1: both of these movies are an hour and thirty minutes long, and so is I... the movie Crawl. Wow, God bless shorter movies. in so. it, in it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> really, this is the ideal length to watch a movie, and I will <laughs> die on that hill forever. Um, but it's written by Joshua John Miller, who uh, we have talked about before mm-hmm. as the little brother and Teen Witch. Mm-hmm. What a what a glow up. Uh, yeah, seriously. He wrote this with his partner, M. A. Fortin, um, and it's directed by a man who has like three names that I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, whatever. <laughs> yeah, I know, but uh, it seemed like uh, the writers were very involved in the filming of the movie. I did mm-hmm. read uh, this is kind of a funny trivia piece that um, they described in the script that when they go into the, when the cast goes into the movie. And they're transported in that they're in a Technicolor world, and they said that the set designers like took that super literally. So you can mm-hmm. see there's all these like colorful flowers, yeah, that like mm-hmm. don't really make any sense, yeah, it's like Wizard of Oz, you
0: know. Yeah, well, it looks like it. It looks like a set, you know, like yeah, it looks like a movie, literally, and the same thing with like all the lighting and the sets it's just very like bright and weirdly colored and just doesn't seem like the real world. And it's so funny that at the end of the movie they have like a bunch of bloopers and they're constantly like the props are breaking and stuff. And I'm like Very low budget. That's just like probably how like something like Friday the thirteenth was made too. Exactly. (laughs) So it was Speaking of like Wizard of Oz, I think
1: something that this movie would have benefited from was like a bigger visual departure from the real world, real world real world real world to the movie you know like maybe they should have shot like the real world in digital and then this in film you know like the the movie mm. part i think that would have just been like an interesting uh
0: visual yeah, comparison interesting but
1: yeah. they probably didn't have a lot of money which
0: is fine <laughs> yeah yeah this seemed like a really fun movie to make with like a fun group of people the cast is great and i think like the writer Joshua John Miller I guess um, it was a very personal film mm-hmm. for him so it felt it did feel like a very like small project that was like fun I feel like it wasn't trying to be anything it wasn't Yeah, exactly makes sense and he I was surprised to learn this his father played Father
1: Carasas Karas, in uh The Exorcism yeah I read that Or The Exorcist. Fuck, what's that movie called? Is it The Exorcist or The Exorcist? I've never seen it, so I don't know. I'm going to be doxxed for this, for not knowing. (laughs) Um, It's The Exorcist. Oops. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, Father Karras and The Exorcist. Uh, And so he he says that um, he grew up watching his dad in The Exorcist, and there's something haunting, strange, confusing, and a little bit unnatural to see your parent constantly die in a film. But it's something that also becomes iconic, and we tried to deconstruct what the effects of that would be as well as what it would be like if you had a second chance, but your second chance was inside of a movie. Um, which is, yeah, basically the, the plot of the movie. Max goes back into the movie. Her mom has been dead for three years after a car accident that she kind of caused. Oh well. Uh, uh, and she sees her mom, but it's not really her mom. It's a character in a movie who has, like, no real awareness of her past life or concurrent life. Um, and it's strange for Max um, to know that her mom kind of has to die in the movie, uh, according to the final
0: girl rules. And just the movie. like. Yeah what happened in the movie her mom was killed her yeah she has sex the and then she gets killed yeah um and the final girl in this movie is in camp bloodbath is supposed to be this girl named Paula who's sort of like this like bad girl almost mm-hmm. she doesn't she follow the like rules of the final girl but i feel like max kind of mm. fulfills that role more so, more than in the final girls movie more than paula does in camp bloodbath
1: like max's two friends are always talking about boys and she's kind of not interested in that so max Mm -hmm. is played by tessa farmiga um i can't pronounce any names correctly i just learned how to read (laughs)
0: like
1: yeah that's fine whatever and (laughs) she's been in a few things i recently watched her in the nun and i Mm -hmm. will just say that I don't know if I like her very much as an actress. I feel like she just plays things so serious and so grim. Maybe that's the direction she's getting. Mm -hmm. Um, But she's actually going to be... Or she is in the... um, We've always lived in uh, the castle... Which is an adaptation of this amazing Shirley Jackson novel, which you have to read. You would love it. Okay. Um. But I'd love to watch that movie. She's in it. Uh, She plays the main character Maricat, and I'm like, "Mm, we'll see. Well, she's
0: good for the roles that she's cast in, which are just like somber, serious girls that are like depressed, which is what she always plays. Oh yeah, American Horror Story. That was like her big big, uh, yeah.
1: moment um yeah so she's kind of always playing that role she's very serious but mm-hmm. um alia shotcat is also in this i'd love to see alia shotcat and pretty much anything nina Dobrev, witch tie-in oh yeah teen witch that's true uh nina dubra from uh the vampire diaries is actually very funny in this too yeah i was surprised she she's got some comedy chops yeah. i read so many reviews that were like adam Devine. And Thomas Middleditch are the best part of this movie. They're so funny. And I was like, this is Angela Trimber Erasure.
0: Uh, <laughs> and she is the funniest part of this movie. So yeah. I didn't hear it. I mean, I did think. Thomas Middleditch was really funny, and yeah. I was sad that he died so yeah. soon, because a lot of his lines were like really funny, but as soon as he died, we did get more Angela Trimberg, so I was okay with it.
1: I'm surprised he died so soon, because he's kind of like the guy who understands horror movies and horror tropes, so I thought he'd be yeah. kind of like the guide to being like, well, this has to happen, right. uh, and explaining the tropes a bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, it is funny that they kind of, like, are, the whole movie is built around the final girl trope, but it it really only pays attention to, like, the sex part of that, you know, and mm-hmm. that, that she's the last person who fights the um, the killer, who is a very clear take on Jason. Mm-hmm. He has a machete. He has a mask. And I was mm-hmm. reading that his mask looks like, uh, like a tribal mask almost. Yeah, And mm-hmm. the cast called it the Eugene Levy mask because it had really prominent eyebrows that they had to paint over because they were, like, thick at first, <laughs> like, thick oh black eyebrows. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that's kind of funny. <sighs> yeah.
0: I feel like... Um, I mean, I guess Max does have, like, a sort of, like, gender-ambiguous name. That's and true. She's more of, like, a tomboy, I guess. She's, like, in just, like, a flannel the whole movie, mm-hmm. which is another final girl thing. Yeah. Um, it's funny, at the end, the climax, the other girl dies, her- which is her mom. Mm-hmm. And so she's the only girl left. And so she's, like, suddenly imbued with all this, like, supernatural strength and power. Yeah. I thought that was funny.
1: It's a sweet scene where the mom knows that she has to die. Yeah. Uh, and she's, like, walking out to be killed by Billy. Um, yeah. And Max is watching her.
0: And I think that, like, another... Like, the camera work and lighting in this movie is so wacky. And we sort of already talked about, like, how the lighting is, like, just so like weirdly colorful and yeah to just like just differentiate it from real life but like the camera is just constantly like swooping in and out and like turning upside down and like zooming clearly on a dolly yeah yeah Yeah. it's just like doing all these crazy things and it i mean on the like which i think is just like again just like this movie is really fun and i don't think uh, in a way that i think like It has to be because it's dealing with a lot of like more serious topics like grief um, Mm -hmm. and things like that. So, and it's a satire. So, I think it's just, it it almost feels like a roller coaster ride. And I think the camera work is a big part of that. And it also doesn't do um, what a lot of the slasher movies do, which we already talked about, which is show from the killer's perspective. And I think, like, that's all on the one hand, because you know who the killer is, because this is a movie that all of the characters have seen. Mm. Um, but it's also, like, not really about that, it feels like. It's not really about, like, the ki- the killer, almost. Yeah,
1: it's not. It's about, like, the, the idea of the movie itself and her, her yeah. mom. I will say, though, that this movie, I think, missed a lot of opportunities to play with, um, like, generational divides more. You'd think there'd be mm. more jokes about, like gee like why did you use that expression or like Mm -hmm. they're listening to a michael jackson song or they make a michael jackson reference at one point and you're like i was ready for one of the modern day characters to be like oh michael jackson you know yeah Yeah. um you know like the molester or something and they don't really (laughs) do any of that and there's no real um there's no real jokes built around that which surprised me and you would think that they were also just like would lean more heavily into like adam devine's character is this jerk Uh, Who Mm -hmm. is just there to have sex with girls. And Mm -hmm. if you compare him to the authentic 80s boys we saw in Friday the 13th, like he's a very different type of jerk, you know, and he's, Mm -hmm. um, he just doesn't feel like totally authentic to the time. So I think they missed a few opportunities there to like really go deep on these tropes from the original movie or just like these character types.
0: Yeah. I feel like. There, there are definitely they definitely do poke fun of like the generational divide, but you're right, it could have been a little bit more. I think a lot of it was improv based on like the bloopers where it shows them doing a bunch of takes and just like trying out different lines. Mm-hmm. And I think the original like '80s jerk guy was just so like goofy in a way that yeah, what like he you just like couldn't. I mean, and and Adam Devine's character was also very goofy, but he was also just way, gro- like, grosser, if that yeah, makes sense. Yeah,
1: and more, like, explicit. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think, like, the scene where Angelo Trimber picks up a phone is, like, one of the only times that they kind of play with that kind of thing. Uh, I asked in our notes if you could reboot Friday the 13th. Um, and, like, you know how, like, Halloween has had kind of, like, an edgy, modern reboot and Mackenzie wrote that she'd want to see Friday the 13th with the cast of um the LA Municipal Dance Squad uh which we follow on Instagram and it's just these awesome women and well, Angela and Trimber s- is the captain
0: yeah yeah I agree um, <laughs> and they're just at camp and there's no death and I just want to see the LA City Municipal Dance Squad at camp together mm-hmm. because watching Angela Trimber's like instagram stories about just her being stuck in an airport with a friend was like so entertaining to me and i loved it and i would just want to like watch that forever i feel like times that a million would be friday 13th with no death and just all of her friends
1: i I want (laughs) to dance with a group of girls so badly whenever i watch their instagram stories um I know this is going back to Friday the 13th but I was saying that I'd love to see a reboot of Friday the 13th that's like just about Mrs. Voorhees, you know. And it's like mm-hmm. you're on her side. It's like um it's kind of like what they did with Maleficent and Angelina Jolie, you know, where mm-hmm. it's like these teens endangered her son and now she has to go kill them.
0: Yeah, know? that'd be cool. Uh
1: yeah, it would be cool and like an older woman too. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be fun. Uh I was also thinking about this movie um that slasher movies were originally a response to women's liberation where it was like Women were gaining more power, more sexual freedom, like the pill was prevalent. um, And that slashing movies were kind of born out of this anxiety about women having more and more independence um, and that that they, they needed to be punished for it. So I was like, it would have been cool. I guess this is asking too much of the final girls if they had been a little more political or, you know, made some statements about sexuality that were a little more progressive or,
0: I don't know. I think it would have, like, definitely elevated the movie, but the movie was so, like, It felt so personal, I guess, after reading what Joshua John Miller, like, based it off of, that it felt so personal and so small that I think, like, a lot of the reasons it worked as what it was was because of that, because it was just trying to be, like, I don't know, it wasn't taking itself too seriously, I guess. It was just so, like, straightforward, it felt like, Mm -hmm. that I think I, like, I'm not sure how they would have done that. But I feel like I do want, like I want a a retail, maybe like a retelling of Friday the Thirteenth, like in a like a, someone else could do it. I feel like <laughs> yeah, like another satire of these tropes. Yeah, you know, that's not, and it would be story. yeah, and it could be done really well and be like I said, like elevated. I don't know if I like <laughs> using that word, but. No, you know I feel I mean? you. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so the one funny one-star review I found for this movie. Uh, first of all, this was another movie that had lots of um, IMDb comments that were like, they must have bought the ratings for this, and the positive <laughs> comments. I want to like do a deep dive investigation to whether or not people buy IMDb ratings and reviews. But yeah, That seems like a weird conspiracy. This person wrote another attempt at making something funny and remake of 80s horror culture. No brains or blood or boobs. That's definitely not an 80s version of anything. It's weird that the guy, Adam Devine, does a complete nude scene in the film Game Over Man, but there are no boobs in this garbage. This is why films today are no longer putting anything that the movie watchers want.
0: This guy just wants to watch. Just watch the original 80s movie. That's what you want.
1: Like, what the fuck? Oh, my God. It's like, uh, Adam Devine was nude in another movie. Like, why aren't there boobs in this movie? (laughs) How did the dots connect? I know. (laughs) He's comfortable with nudity. So, therefore, the women must be naked around him. Uh, Mackenzie, what are your final thoughts and rating on the final girls?
0: Um, I'm going to rate it, like, uh, six and a half. And... Like a full star of that just belongs to Angela Tripper, <laughs> yes, <laughs> because I agree. she is so good. she like brings me so much joy just watching her so she imp- she improvised her entire dance scene. it's so good. she looks like she's having so much fun yeah, I does. just want to watch girls have fun, which is why like my dream <laughs> retelling of this would be just her and her here friends. we go it's oh, a God.
1: camp it's a dance camp they're all having so much fun the killer yeah. keeps trying to kill them but he's totally incompetent and they never yeah. even notice he's there
0: yeah oh, and then the movie perfect. just ends i know great chef's kiss Wow. Well, <laughs> well, i'm gonna give is this gonna five. pay us to <laughs> yeah to well make this let's movie. write it <laughs>
1: <laughs> um i'm gonna give this movie a five it was i had a lot of fun watching it and mm-hmm. i think for what it is it's it's sweet it's good mm-hmm. it's a fun watch and especially if you're interested in horror movies you'll get some like good mileage out of it but yeah mm-hmm. it's a, it's
0: a five yeah um a lot of the special effects are like pretty bad there yeah. is like one shot that i really liked like i liked the music in this mm-hmm. movie a lot of it was like riffing on the friday the 13th like i can't even do it <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> 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 kiki, ma, ma, ma. it's supposed to be kill and mommy so it's oh killed. oh my kiki, god kiki, ma, ma, ma. yeah wow just little easter eggs like that coming out of the I woodwork know. but I, there's like this part in like slow-mo where they jump out a window with like the 80s music in the background and i was like "Ooh, i like that but you know yeah it's it's like a small fun flick
1: mm-hmm.
0: the end <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Um, it would really help us out if you left us a review on Apple Podcasts and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at chickflixpod and email us at chickflixpodcast at gmail.com. Our next episode will air on August 5th and we will be discussing Drop Deck, Gorgeous, and Death Becomes Her.
1: Very excited. New for both of us. Um, yes.
0: Chickflix is researched and written by Bridget Hovell. That's me
1: and edited by Mackenzie Chapman. Many thanks to Tim Carlson for our music and thank you for listening to Chickflix.
0: Bye. Bye. Okay.